Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Knights of the Pageless Library. We are a little podcast dedicated to reviewing audiobooks. I am Bo Knight, joined as always by my brother Ryan Knight. And today we are taking a look at Krampus, the Yule Lord, written by Brom and narrated by Kirby Hayborn. Yeah, this one was supposed to be Bo's choice, but as we were getting kind of closer to the uh, the festive Christmas season, I threw I threw <laughs> this one tide. out there. Yeah, are, are we in Yule Tide right now? I feel yeah, like it's a whole probably month. Should be. Is it the whole month of December? Mm-hmm. I uh, I even had stuff pulled up to. I wanted to have more information about Yule. I had it pulled up oh, on my other really? computer though. Yeah. Um but yeah, this so this one's kind of my fault. Um but eh. I feel like we don't always like to do, you know, the normal stuff around here, so why not talk about a a demon that comes out at Christmas time, you know? That's cool. He's not right? a demon, he's just misunderstood. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, so if you have anything to say about this or any other book or anything, really, that's fine with us, too. Please feel free to email us, kotpl.pod at gmail.com, and let us know what you think. Let us know about Krampus or Santa Claus or whatever, (laughs) (laughs) St. Nicholas. Or Hanukkah? Sure, yeah, we do. We, We appreciate all denominations. We don't care, man. Yeah, we don't care. Um. Yeah, so let's jump right into this one. This book's fairly old. Um, <laughs> old is the wrong word for it. Uh, but it came out in 2012. So for some people, that might be old. I mean, ten years well, ago. Yeah, I mean, this. I when you showed this to me, I thought this was like a hot new take on Christmas. I'm gonna be honest; I didn't realize oh, it was like old. Oh no, 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 no! We are not good at all at keeping up with what's hot—the new hotness. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, I, I feel like audiobooks as as a medium, you're not somebody who's like always on the lookout for like the hot new thing. I feel like you gotta—it takes a while to finish stuff. Yeah, I feel the same way. I mean it. Yeah, we could obviously try to jump on every new book that comes out weekly, but there's you might get one of them reviewed out of the who knows how many were released. So that's why, I mean, other than getting suggestions for things, that's kind of why we're just going at our own pace and just picking and choosing out of the hundreds of thousands of titles to choose from. So, yes, yeah. Do you see any information about this author, Mr. Brom, or is it Mr.? I don't even know, actually, now that it I think about it. Could No, I th- he's a dude. Oh, it totally is. There's a picture of him right there. He looks like a Brom. He he does look like a Brom. I don't know <laughs> what that means, but I agree with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, he only has a few titles, it looks like, on Audible. Um, and all maybe kind of in this you know, fiction, sci-fi, fantasy type of realm. Is that is that fair to say? I I think so. At least from the covers of these novels, I'm seeing. Yeah, yeah, we're really good at judging books by their covers. So <laughs> yeah, that's if I know anything. <laughs> that's one thing. <laughs> what um? All right, let's jump right into this. What did you think of Kirby Hayborn as the narrator of this book? I think he does some characters exceptionally well, and then I think he some, does some characters not so good. 
Really? Okay, that's fair. I I, I don't hate him, but I, I there are some parts of him I really really like. But I, I think there are some parts where he's doing certain characters for a long time that I find kind of grating. Okay, sure. I actually thought I liked him. I thought he did a pretty good job. There's a lot of characters in this book, and oh, I there thought there's so fucking many. Yeah, and I thought he actually did a pretty decent job of keeping them very distinct, yet not like oh, I don't know what the word is like. They're not insane voices or something like yeah. that. You know, they're they're believable. Uh, I, I thought I don't love the way he does the main character. Who, Jesse? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. And that's I a voice like you have to listen to a lot. Really fucking whiny. Sure. And 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 so like especially like the first third of the book. Sure. It's just like, oh my God, could somebody else fucking talk? <laughs> yeah. This uh, Kirby Hayborn has a lot of titles under his belt, almost 800 on Audible. So been around for a while. Definitely a knowledgeable narrator. And I, th- I thought he did good in this. I'm not going to I'm not going to complain a whole lot about how he did. I thought he actually did pretty exceptional in this one. Hmm. Uh, let's see. So what would you say the genre of this is? Um, so it is kind of like fantasy, Norse mythology, Christmas. Sure. And isn't it some of it based on kind of just mythological tales, right? I mean, it's yeah. that's what it's based in, right? I think so. So a lot of this could be based in stories, you know, old Norse or Germanic stories, um, and then some of it is obviously a lot of filler because you have characters interacting with this mythological creature and things like that. So it's definitely got some sci-fi fantasy twists on kind of a grounded story. Yeah. <clears throat> this book clocks in right at 16 hours and 16 minutes. It's pretty long. It is kind of long, and at times I think overstays its welcome. If... We'll we'll get into it a little bit more. Okay. Yeah, we will definitely get into it as we pass the spoiler wall. Uh, we checked this one out through Audible. If I didn't already make that clear, <clears throat> again, I'm gonna put the the note out there that if you have another place that you get your audiobooks from or somewhere else you could suggest we get audiobooks from, please. Please feel free to let us know that because, to be honest, this is just what's easiest for us. So, this is kind of what we use. But it would be, we wouldn't mind spreading the word if there are other good resources to pick these up from as well. And we know about Spotify. We just haven't thought of like a good way for us both to look at it yet. Right. Yeah. That's, that's kind of a challenge too. The way, the reason this works out good for us is that we kind of share the Audible account. So, we, when one of us purchases it, we both get access to it immediately. So and it just kind of easy. Yeah, it, exactly. So you could pick this one up for free if you, you know, did the whole Audible 30 day thing, uh, or you could flat out purchase this book for thirty six fifty. That's a lot of cash. I feel like it is too. 
I mean, I know everything's expensive these days, but damn, that seems expensive. I guess it's a pretty good money to hour ratio. Yeah, I mean, it's not a it's not a short book by any means, and I I can't quite tell if that's how they price these is based on the by, by the link. Length? Well, let me look up a Game of Thrones. Okay, yeah, I'd be curious to know. Um, and something else I want to throw out there that you know we could we could help push Ooh. this movement forward is that um, you know in our chats with Oliver Wyman especially he kind of let us in on the fact that a narrator basically gets paid a flat rate for the book that they yeah. do right no no royalties beyond that no nothing once the book is released and I kind of think that's bullshit I think it's so, bullshit too yeah I mean so if I had to just guess, right? If I'm going to throw out a guess, I could be wildly wrong on this, but say this book costs $36. I'm going to guess that Brom gets a portion of that. His publisher probably gets a portion of that. Audible probably takes a huge cut of that. Amazon probably takes a huge cut of that. But $0 of that, as far as we know, goes back to Kirby Hayborn. Even though yeah. when you listen to an audiobook, that's usually the game change. That's that is maybe what drew you to the book. Maybe you bought a book specifically because Oliver Wyman or Bronson Pinchot narrated it, and you love yeah. those narrators. But they get zero credit beyond the initial release of the book, and I think that that's that's bullshit. Oh no, I I agree with you entirely. I think they need to be getting more credit than they do. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if they are somebody who is you know even like. Let's just use Kirby Hayborn, for example. You know, almost a thousand titles under his belt. So a thousand titles are obviously going to get repeat purchases long into the future, but he's not going to see any of that. You know, he got his flat, whatever it is, a thousand dollars, fifteen hundred dollars or whatever. Seventy five cents. Yeah. For for the initial recording. I, I think that there should be some, you know, definitely something that is said for the narrator who continues to sell these books in audio form basically that's it i'm starting my own publishing company fuck it okay. and then i get to take all the money from yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like immediately turn <laughs> yeah just dude it's just like that american dad episode where they're doing the daily announcements <laughs> No matter who does it, they just immediately turn evil. The power goes to their head. Yeah. Um, Did you find what like to get back on the pricing thing? So, a Game of Thrones, the first one, A Song of Ice and Fire, book one, is thirty three hours and forty six minutes, and it is thirty six dollars and ninety cents. Oh, okay. So it's definitely not like a minute to pennies ratio. It is probably. I don't. I don't think so. No, it must be a choice by either the publisher or the company or something like that. So, interesting. Good to know. Okay. Time for the big questions. Is this easy to follow? I think it is. Okay. I also think that it's pretty straightforward and easy to follow. I don't know if this is like a damning sentence, but it's a very simple book. Sure. No, I... I don't disagree with you. Um, I feel it like is, it's very cut and dry. What's happening? Sure. The few perspective changes you get are very, very obvious. Um, well, I've 
but there are perspective changes into like a, a previous situation, but the scenery is totally different. So I feel like it's really easy to follow. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's, no. it is, it's a very straight, straight shooting book. Like it's not trying, there's no like trying to mess with your head or anything like that is very much so straight, straight written, very, very easy to follow as far as kind of what's going on. There's no, major like time skips or anything crazy like that so no there are i think there are no time skips maybe at the end i guess what do you think easy to listen to no because i found the main character to be voiced really great in my ears <laughs> interesting yeah i will agree i didn't love jesse's voice but i felt like for the character sure it, but i don't I don't know. I just had to listen to him fucking talk all the time. Yeah. I felt like and, I was paying my tax. It's like, oh, I got to listen to the fucking Jesse tax so I can get to Krampus. <laughs> yeah. I, I would agree with that. Yeah. Jesse is like the, he's the toll that you pay to listen yeah. to Krampus. Gotta pay the troll toll. <laughs> yep. Yep. He, uh, I agree. I don't think it's a bad voice that he does for Jesse. I just, I feel like you are correct that it's not, it's not really an enjoyable voice to listen yeah. to, but it's fitting of the character. And it is fitting of the character, but he just sounds like some guy I would meet at a bar who's fucking whining about his goddamn life all the time. And I don't want to listen to him then. Well, I don't want to listen to this book. Yeah. And he kind of sounds like a Southern hillbilly fucking junkie, dude. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's what he sounds like. I mean, he's voiced. If you think about it that way, he is voiced <laughs> very well, but it is I, yeah, not I fun guess, to listen to. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you're you're right. He is voice acted well for the character, mm -hmm. but I understand what you're saying that his voice after 16 hours gets kind of old. Yes, 16 hours. Come on, <laughs> 12 hours. Yeah. What uh, what's your recommendation on this one? I I don't. This is a hard one for me to recommend because I think it's 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 too long. And I think about a third of the book is almost like not additive to the story very much. Okay. Like the first third, I was really struggling with this. Sure. But once it gets more into like Krampus and like his role and like what, who Santa Claus really is, is super, super intriguing. But I feel like it takes a long time to get there. Sure. And it overstays its welcome a little too long too. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with both of those things. I this book could have just as easily been called Jesse. For sure. Um, <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh. Um, uh it it feels like a instead of getting kind of what I was after the you do get some lore stuff on the character of Krampus. Like that is all that is here, but like you said, it takes a while to get there, and the the wrapping paper that it is presented in is kind of a bummer. Oh, like, and and I feel like I don't, I I have a hard time relating to Jesse because like all of his shortcomings are his own fucking fault. So it's hard oh, yeah. for you to feel bad for him when he is like. He is a piece of shit. He kind of is a piece of shit. Yeah, absolutely. 
And it's interesting, and we'll talk about it after we pass the spoiler wall, but Jesse also very early on in the story makes the conscious choice to he has a very clear choice to follow Krampus or Santa and he very clearly makes the choice to follow Krampus which could have been the wrong choice (laughs) I mean um, but he very much so makes those decisions like you said and then he just bitches about it the whole time yeah he just fucking bitches and moans and he's like oh my life sucks it's like well yeah because you you suck so yeah. like i don't know what to tell you when you're drinking your whole life away this is what happens yeah and when you he even straight up says it early on where he consciously makes the choice instead of accepting cash to accept freaking like corn liquor yeah. instead yeah he makes that decision himself nobody forces it on him so yeah, I agree. Um, this, this and this one, I feel like I don't know who I would recommend this to. Um, yeah, that's if, that's where I struggle too. Yeah, if you're coming here looking for like a straight up kind of history lesson on who Krampus, the mythological creature, is, and Santa Claus. Yeah, and Santa Claus. You're you're not. You're gonna kind of get that. But in a very meandering and 16 hours is too long to give you that information, basically. Um, There are some good parts to this book. There are parts that I really like in this book. There is some of the most visceral, like legitimately make me cringe while hearing them parts in this book that I've heard in any book. Um, I've never cringed so hard. I feel like as when I hear of a guy getting a drill press driven through his hand. Oh, in see, yeah, extreme but I was actually like, detail. I know, but I didn't. I I guess I didn't. Ta- I I was like, oh, take that, Jesse. Good. Oh yeah, you know you can't like feel bad for him because he. It yeah, is gruesome, he, though. You're right. It's just written in like excruciating detail. So I can't take that away from the book. That the details in the book are there. And, but I almost feel like these stories could have been separated. Like I could have gotten a story about Jesse, the freaking trailer park trash, you know, and his kind of redemption story, if you want to call it that. It would be like a Jerry Springer episode. But it could have easily been separated from the mythological creature of Krampus, and that would have been perfectly fine. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. I I didn't find Jesse and his whole like family struggles at like the whole the the very human side of this story it's not interesting to me. Sure. It's just not. And where does this this takes place in West Virginia, right? Sure. I right. I I'm not sure. I can't remember. Pretty sure it is because I no, think you're it, probably right. it's a uh, Boone County. And I don't oh, even know if that's yeah. a real place. Um but like I feel like it's the how do I say this the the epitome of like white trash America, right? For for sure, yeah, that's a really good way to put it. Like lots of meth labs. Yeah, and it's like you're getting this story from these characters like Jesse and Chet, who are clearly in the midst of it, but they're like, yeah. I love how Chet's like. 
goddamn meth heads. And then it, later on, Jesse's even like, you're part of the fucking problem. You sell the shit. Yeah. Like, so it's it's hard to relate to any of these characters, really. Yeah, I, I guess that's it. Is like I have a hard time being like, oh, poor Jesse, when he's the one that's constantly fucking up his own life. Yeah, I, just, I, mean, I don't know. I have a hard time like caring about a character like that. Yeah, and they, I feel like in the writing, like he was trying to both show you that, right? Like Jesse is down and out in the beginning, and he even tells you, the listener, that he made the conscious choice to, instead of refusing the booze as payment, he takes it. But I felt like, I feel like that could have been a huge, almost right away in the beginning. Maybe Jesse could have said, no, man, I need the money. You need to give yeah, me like the I'm money. I'm trying to get my girl a gift. Yeah, like he's trying because it literally waits till the very end, like the last 15 minutes of the book, to show you that Jesse can turn his life around. It's like, why didn't you show me? Why didn't you show us some struggles like that from the beginning? Like, how about instead of taking the booze, he does take the money, and then he actually ends up fucking regretting it because then he just is like staring at the money in his hand and he's like god i could really use a fucking drink right now or something like that that. that's pretty good like just little shit like that and obviously it's easy for me to freaking monday whatever what is it called monday monday morning quarterback quarterback. yeah whatever that means (laughs) monday monday morning uh three-point goalie (laughs) yeah monday morning sport ball um it's easy for me to sit here and backseat drive obviously i wasn't writing this and i wasn't in the headspace of the author um just little shit like that though i feel like from the beginning where we're already seeing like these struggles in Jesse's head. Whereas instead he just constantly makes the wrong choice every fucking time where it's I, like, <laughs> yeah, they, he, he just doesn't, I don't know. I just, I have don't, I just had, didn't care about Jesse and his, like, I, I felt like this, the Jesse part of the story felt so tired to me. Yeah. So what that part aside, like the Jesse part aside, what do you think about like the, before we get into oh, the spoilers, the what do you think about slaps and Santa okay, Claus yeah. also slaps? I okay, I agree with you on that. So, I I like the confrontation and the conflict between the characters of Santa Claus and Krampus. So me too. I really like that stuff. Yeah, the yeah. It's just the fact that these two stories are intertwined that becomes kind of a bummer. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like peanut butter and soy sauce. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Instead of like a perfect matching. Yeah. Yeah. Of, it's like two very contrasting things. Yeah. It's it's something good with something that like, yeah, I would like in a different setting. Yeah. But, but not here. Right. Yeah. That's a good way to put it because. um, And again, while I, I didn't. I don't hate the stuff that's going no, on I, with like I Jesse's character. I. I. I just, I just found it not very interesting to me. I was just, I was always like, okay, Krampus, what's, what's going on with Krampus? What's Krampus right. doing? Exactly. I felt it very detracting from the, obviously, what you kind of come to the story for. You kind of come for the Krampus lore. That's, that's why you pick up a book called Krampus. So, um, yeah, I felt that part just a little bit disappointing. Um, and again, if you're coming here for like a happy-go-lucky Christmas story, that is not what this is. Okay, so <laughs> no. don't. Uh, don't don't be tricked by something like that. Um, but the the idea of Krampus and the lore behind the mythological creature of Krampus and stuff, very interesting. And I think this kind of twist on, 
you know, Santa Claus and what Santa Claus is and why he is where he is and stuff is is a cool story. But again, I I agree. I think I think that stuff is super interesting. But the uh, yeah, like I said before, the uh, the wrapping paper that it comes in is just really disappointing. Yeah. So with that, let's stop beating this poor freaking Yule goat and we'll um, <laughs> we'll move on. So we didn't really give a recommendation. I can't I don't want to say like, no, don't listen to this. It's terrible because I I don't want to say that either because I don't think that's fair. Yeah. And that's not honestly how I feel like I enjoyed this story. I really did. I just I there were I parts. Enjoyed. I feel like I suffered through more than I had enjoyed. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. Unfortunately. Like I, yeah. I feel like that's there. There are very good parts to this book, but I think the the amount of stuff you have to go through for the good parts outweighs how good those parts are. Sure, and that's what I was gonna say too. Is like, I the stuff that I came here for, like the Krampus lore, I didn't get enough of. Yeah. I got more of this freaking West Virginia backwoods, you know, like Code white trash. Senior. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dude yeah 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 so with that um we're gonna go ahead and pass the spoiler wall um so if you do find yourself really wanting to listen to this story then please pause the podcast go pick this story up listen to it and then please come back here and hear what we have to say about the story mm-hmm. you have been warned though so like if you go and you buy it and you're like that book was terrible well it's like uh, i'll try to tell you yeah, we we didn't exactly say like yes, definitely go spend your money on this. So this this is yeah, this is one I'm like mixed, I guess. Yeah, that's a hard one too because it's also not like other books we've done where your assessment where you're like I felt nothing for this book. That's yeah, not that's true not, here. That doesn't work. No, yeah. it doesn't work because I felt joy and I felt anger. Sure. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's kind of a bummer too. So. All right, we'll just let's jump right into this one. Okay, yeah, yeah. this book it opens pretty strong. Really? So, in, oh, you mean it, the very, very beginning? The very beginning. Okay, um, I was gonna say I thought you were talking about the beginning with Jesse. I was like, are you kidding me? I felt like it took me like two weeks to get through that shit. Well, the the part with Jesse that I'm talking about, like when he's going to kill himself, I was like, oh shit, like that's some pretty heavy freaking. <sighs> I don't know. Heavy. I guess- you don't think so? <laughs> I, and it's, it's not that I didn't think so, but it's just like, yeah, dude, your life kind of sucks. I feel like you did it to yourself. But yeah. And yeah. And that's, that is a good point. So in the beginning of this, well, it opens up with a kind of statement, right? From Krampus. Yeah. Which, which I thought is what, what you meant by like, this is really compelling because that was compelling to me. Yeah. And the statement is basically from Krampus to Santa Claus that he is going to expose him for the liar and the betrayer and things that he is. He's going and to he come for him. And he's going to tell people his true name. Yeah, and he's going to come for him and he will remove his head and he will remove everything that, you know, Christmas stands for. So, yeah, right off the bat you're like, "Oh shit. That's interesting." And then we immediately cut away to this character of Jesse. And Jesse is what he's in like a bar and he's plucking at his guitar it's like one of those really depressing scenes yeah <laughs> where yeah. he's there's like four other people in the bar Boy, and it's he's, like a tuesday isn't it 
Yeah. Yeah, and then so when he gets done, he the guy that runs the bar says, "Hey man, I don't have 20 bucks or whatever he was going to pay him." He says, "Uh, how about a bottle of whatever corn liquor instead or something?" He does say something weird like corn liquor, like like very like I'm giving you the bottom shelf yeah. shit. Was, yeah, exactly. This this bottle doesn't actually have a name on it, so uh, yeah, exactly. I don't know. I found it under the toilet. <laughs> it might be cleaning product for all yeah. I know. <laughs> You'll drink it, you stupid piece of shit. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, so Jesse accepts the liquor instead, and then he goes back to his trailer. You know, because he lives in a trailer. He's trailer park trash country singer wannabe. Um, and then he sits outside his trailer and he gets his gun out and he puts his gun in his mouth. And this imagery for me was, I was kind of like, oh shit, like just start, we're starting off with a guy who's going to kill himself, huh? But, uh, before Jesse can kill himself, he sees like, uh, well, first of all, he like pussies out, right? He doesn't kill himself. I can't remember if he pussies out or if he sees them first. Or is this when remember. he sees something up in the sky, right? I can't. I can't remember if he if he like consciously is like, nah, I can't do it. Oh no, it's or, not in the sky. It's on somebody's house, right? Or yes, on the yes, the, the yeah. sleigh is on somebody else's house. I believe. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, I think you're right. So he sees like a sleigh with reindeer, and it's hovering, it. right? Yeah, and then he hears like a commotion, and he sees this guy, and he calls him the Santa Man because he looks like Santa Claus running down the street, and then he sees like. Five or so, like black cloak, not even cloaked, they're just wearing like black clothes, and they look like they have horns and they're and their chasing eyes are red, right? Yeah, or orange or something like that. Yeah, some they don't look right. Yeah, and they're chasing this guy down the street. And one of them, they have like billy clubs with like freaking nails driven in them yeah. and stuff. And one of them starts shooting a gun off. And Jesse watches all this happen. And the Santa man, he starts yelling. He's like, away, away. And the freaking sleigh starts to like rise. And Santa like jumps in it and they take off up in the sky. But these like black cloaked figures like jump on too. And it goes up in the sky. And then shortly after that, right, he sees one of the black figures fall onto the neighbor's car. And one of them falls on top of his trailer. Mm hmm. And he goes and he checks out in his house first. Yeah. And he finds the, the Santa's sack, right? Yeah, the sack is what fell in his house, right? I can't remember if it fell with a bell snickle or not. I don't. I feel like it didn't. I feel like it's just the I sack. I think you're right. I think it's just the sack. You're right. Because <laughs> the, the thing that fell onto the car is a bell snickle. We'll find out later what that is. I'm sorry if I spoiled that. That's all right. Um, I just wanted he, to use the correct word. Does he die? I feel like he dies. The bell snickle that fell in the I car. I think so. And mind you, a bunch of people see this shit, by the way. Like, it's not just Jesse who witnesses all of this happen. It's like, because a bunch of people come out of their houses and are like, holy shit, did you see that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um. So... Yeah. Then uh, do we jump to because the uh, no, Jesse ends up he uh, he messes around with the bag first, right? 
Yeah. I forget he, the the parts what? are kind of long, like before oh, there's the cuts. parts are so long. Yeah. But so yeah, he like messes around with the bag and he like starts pulling toys out of it and he like gets his daughter a bunch of these special dolls. But then he tries to pull other stuff out of the bag and he he realizes he can only really get toys out of it. Yeah, and we get like some background on Jesse that uh, his wife and daughter left him and she went to go with some other older dude. Like he stops by his mother-in-law's house and we get this that like... Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, she... or Is it his mother-in-law? Are they dating? I, I, I don't so. even know. No, I don't think he's with that girl. I think it's his mother-in-law. I think. No, I mean, is him and What's-Her-Face married, or are they just dating? I think they were married? Yes, yeah, see, I don't know. It's not that important. It's not. Yeah, <clears throat> nobody cares about Jesse. Either way, she left him and took his, like, little daughter, like, four-year-old daughter with her, and they're with uh, uh, Dillard. Chief the Dillard. Sheriff? No. Sure. Police chief. Or is he just he just a cop or something? He's yeah. he's the police chief because the sheriff gets brought up later. Yeah. Right. Um. So Jesse gets these toys, and so he's like, "Oh man, now I have the toys, so I can go surprise my daughter Abigail with these toys." And you know they can't be mad at me for that because it's better than showing up there with nothing at all. So he goes to the mother in law's house, and the mother in law's like, "Well, they're over at Dillard's house for Christmas Eve or whatever." So. He goes over there with all these toys and he tries to talk to his whatever she is, wife, whatever. And she's just all pissed off at him. I uh, actually like this part with Dillard, though. Yeah, so Dillard shows up back at his house while Jesse's there. And we get a bit of background on like why it's so messed up, right, that Jesse's whatever she is, is with Dillard. So Dillard being the chief of police is also corrupt to the fucking core. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. So he's corrupt to the core. And he hates Jesse. He, like, hates Jesse's guts. But he's not going to do anything to Jesse because Jesse does some work for the general. Right? Yeah. He runs drugs, right? Yes. And we're going to get a mule. Yeah. We're going to find out later as to what kind of how that all ties together. Um, but Dillard is like, I picture Dillard looking a lot like Omni Man. Um, oh, from so Invincible. he's got like a sick mustache. Yeah, like a guy who can actually rock a mustache. Like that's just how I picture him. It's probably not correct at all, but <laughs> um, because he's know supposed to picture. <laughs> he's supposed to be like an older, very like intimidating guy. So that's just kind of what I picture is like Omni Man, where he also has like the sick mustache, but like the gray like at his temples. Yeah. Like, just very kind of square-jawed, kind of intimidating dude. Um, and Dillard, basically, he puts his gun down on the car. First of all, he tells Abigail and uh, whatever her name is. Why can't I, can't I remember, remember her, her name? name? I can't, yeah. Shoot. Terrible freaking uh, journalism on my part. That's okay. Um, anyway, he tells him to go inside because he's like, we, gotta, we need to have a little man talk out here. Puts his gun down on the car, and he tells Jesse that he's going to go inside, and he's going to make his wife suck his dick like in gruesome detail. And he's like, if some man had said that to me, I'd shoot him dead right here in the street. 
And he's like, pick up that gun, Jesse. Why don't you go ahead, pick it up, shoot me. He's like tempting him to shoot him. Yeah. Like, even I was like, oh, damn. Is he going to shoot him? But he doesn't. And Dillard's like, see, you're just a big pussy or whatever. Yeah, like, you're nothing but a pussy. Yeah, can't do anything. So, yeah, it's pretty messed up. Um, and even his wife or whatever she is, when Jesse shows his daughter that he bought her all of the dolls, she's like, you fucking stole those? What's wrong with yeah. you, you piece of shit? Are you like, stealing toys for your daughter? Yeah. So Jesse just can't win at this point, no. basically. And is this um, when he keeps like rummaging around in the bag to kind of see what he can find and he starts pulling out like PlayStations and stuff? Yeah, so if he thinks about something hard enough, if it's a, as long as it's a toy... Because at first he was like, oh, I'll just pull a bunch of cash out. And he can't do that. It comes out and it's like Monopoly money or some shit. Mm-hmm. Um, he tries to pull like a diamond ring out and it comes out, but it's plastic. So yeah, he starts imagining like PlayStations. And he pulls a bunch of them out. So he gets this bright idea that he's going to take this sack full of PlayStations over to the general. And we get some background that the general and the Boggs is the family that they belong oh, to. Oh yeah, these pieces of shit. Yeah, they are just like cream of the crop, freaking white trash folks. (laughs) The whitest of trash. The whitest of trash. The trashiest of the whitest of trash. And I love that he basically says they run all the rackets, right? They run the drugs. They run anything illegal, any of that stuff. And they still, (laughs) they're all like... I just picture all these just greasy motherfuckers outside oh, yeah, in this sure. piece of shit shop junkyard looking thing. Like, even though they run the rackets, it's not like the mafia where the guys at the top are living it up. No, these guys are still like poor. <laughs> like, yeah. Anyway, so well, he shows I, up. Maybe they just try not to look rich, or they just are pieces of shit. Well, and that could be. Even though it sounds like everybody already knows what they do. Well, yeah, the cops are in on it. Yeah. The cops are fully in on it. So Jesse shows up there with all these uh, PlayStations and he's like, hey, I got a new a gig I want to run. You know, I, I came across all these game consoles, but we need to sell them and I can't sell them all by myself. I was helping you guys to help me out. Uh, and they're like, Jesse, uh, I don't even remember what he says to him. Yo, it's a bunch of money or something. I don't even know what he did. Or did he like botch his last job for them or something? Maybe. I, I don't fully know. Or he owes know. them a bunch of money. So the general, who is like this short Colonel Sanders looking motherfucker, uh, pulls Jesse in. They put his hand down on the drill press, tape his hand up, and Chet, the general's nephew, I only mention that because he's going to be like a main character going forward. Yeah, he sticks around for way too fucking long. Way too long, yeah. Uh, He's like, do it, Chet. He's like, drill his hand. (laughs) Your voice acting is pretty spot on. (laughs) He he tells Chet to do it. And so Chet like turns the drill press on and like runs it a little ways into Jesse's hand, which sounds extremely painful. Well, and especially because the way that Jesse makes money is with his hands because he plays guitar. Yeah. Not very much money, but a little bit of money. No, but so, <laughs> I, I, they allude to the fact that he's exceptionally talented. He is just a fucking loser who drinks a lot. Yeah, because his wife has said something about following up with some DJ in like Nashville or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and he was like too much of a pussy to take the jump. Right. 
Um, so Chet, we see, even though he's part of like this hardcore kind of like drug family, he like runs the drill bit a little bit into Jesse's hand, and then he stops. And the general's like, "Did I say stop?" And he's like, "Seriously?" He's like, "Yeah, hell yeah," or something like that. He does say <laughs> something very cheesy like that. And then he grabs the drill press and he shoves it all the way through Jesse's hand, which I honestly was like, "Oh, yeah, fuck. that would have hurt." Oh, yeah. So then they're like, "I don't remember." They're like, "You gotta." step it up jesse or so i don't even know how exactly like what he did to these guys to piss them off um i feel like he probably owes them money is if i had to guess i'm sure it's something like that or they just don't like him <laughs> yeah um anyways they kind of have a talk like the general walks away and then the um chet and this other dude ash talk about like the meth heads in town and they have like a conversation while Jesse's still like duct taped to the drill press. Like he can't move. Yeah. His hand um, is like duct taped up there. Yeah. So then they let Jesse go and they're like, Hey, by the way, we got a job for you. Uh, you got to go up to whatever Charleston and it, you're going to get paid. You know, he takes the drugs up there. He gets paid like six grand and he's got to bring the drug, the money back. Right. He's a classic mule. Yeah. So, Jesse's like, ah, oh, shit, okay, yeah, I guess I'll do that. Now that you punched a hole in my fucking hand. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, at some point here, we cut over to Santa Claus. I don't remember when. Um, I don't remember when either. And I've, There have been little snippets of Krampus too, right? Yes. But we cut to Santa Claus at some point. I'm going to just go ahead and say it now. Yeah, that's fine. And Santa, like, his sleigh, like, went down in the woods, and his reindeer are all dead except one, and it's, like, guts are hanging out, and it's, like, mewling. So he pulls this freaking longsword out, and he cuts its head off. Yeah. And he's all pissed off, because he's, like, he knows exactly who's messing with him, because he's like, Krampus, your, your deeds or something, you know this is the last time or some weird shit like that, you know, very like cliche lines. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But I do, I really do like the, <clears throat> the way we're introduced to Santa Claus in this. Cause you think jolly, you know, the things you see on all the uh, media and stuff like that. And I love that he immediately pulls this huge broadsword out and cuts his reindeer's head off to put it out of its misery. <laughs> Well, I kind of like, like the way that they say that he's not, like, fat. He's, like, burly and, like, yoked. He's, yeah. like, actually, like, a huge, muscular man. Yeah. I, yeah. And what we learn later, I do, I like this idea, yeah, instead of, like, this jolly, like, like, maybe he kind of looks like that, like a jolly fat guy when he's wearing the jacket, but then he takes it off and he's all just, like, He's just fucking, yoked. dude, he's, like, Master Roshi, shredded. Yeah, and he's got all these, uh, but I love the idea of him having all these, like, Norse. Oh, like, he has a bunch of runic tattoos and shit. Yeah, and they're, like, in the blue color. Isn't yeah, that how Balder yeah. is in yeah. in um, in um God of War? Aren't, yeah. they, aren't his tattoos blue? Okay, they are and blue, we'll, yeah. We'll come back to that. Sorry for the spoiler there, maybe. Um. But I, I love that idea, yeah, of him just like having all these blue runic tattoos all over him. Um, so we now we're getting a little bit more into like what's going on like with Santa Claus, <clears throat> and then I I feel like then we jump straight over to the Bell Snickles returning to Krampus. Is that right? 
Yeah, they return to Krampus, right? And they tell him they couldn't find They like lost the sack. Yeah, they got it away from Santa Claus, but they lost it. So now Krampus, who is imprisoned in this mountain, is pissed off, right? He's like, you have to go find it. You, you cannot stop until you find it. Okay, and we'll find out later that that's like that isn't a direct order from Krampus to the Belsnickels that they cannot mm-hmm. deviate from. <clears throat> now the the Belsnickels are basically people who have like gray mottled skin, and we'll find out later that they are essentially people who are when Krampus bites them, he kind of puts his blood into them and takes control of them essentially. Yeah, they're like his familiars. Yeah, that's a that's a great way to put it. Um, and three of them are uh, like Shawnee Native Americans, and we find out later that they very much so willingly are following him. Like, yeah, they worship Krampus. Yeah, their people worshipped him. So there's before I forget, it's let me see if I can remember all their names: Makwa, yeah, Whippy and Nippy, <laughs> yeah, um. Elizabeth, is that the girl's name? I believe so. And Vernon is the yes. other dude. The dude who doesn't so. like to be there. Yeah, the guy that always pitched and moaned. Yeah. And I feel like the, the one Bell Snickle that fell in the beginning dies. I feel like he I died. I believe he did die, but <clears throat> yeah, I think so. Okay. So either way, now we got we got uh Krampus giving the Bell Snickles their mission to retrieve the sack no matter the cost, basically. And we also got Santa Claus who now knows that he lost the sack and now he's pissed and he's got his sword and he wants it back. <clears throat> so then we is jump he back. With elves too? Is Santa Claus with little elves? Yeah, he had like one elf, I feel like, in his uh, sleigh with him. Mm-hmm. And that was something that stuck with me the whole book that it's very disappointing that they don't really make a big deal out of that. Like, they, No. they. I mean, they talk about it later, like why they follow him. But yeah, but still, it's kind of odd. Yeah, and it was kind of disappointing that they don't like do anything during like the kind of uh, climax of the story. <laughs> um, let's so, okay. So we go back to Jesse, right? <clears throat> and oh, okay. So Jesse is supposed to meet, um, Chet later on right to do the exchange he's supposed to pick up the drugs from them later on right Mm -hmm. okay so at the school for some reason they couldn't just hand jesse the drugs right there on the spot i don't really know why when he was leaving their freaking i don't remember either or like maybe Uh, it wasn't ready yet sure okay we'll go with that so jesse is supposed to meet these guys later and he for some reason jesse has this bad feeling because he has the sack that he's like, those those dark-skinned guys with the orange eyes, they're going to come get me. They're like, something bad's going to happen. So when they're making the exchange of the drugs, and I might be skipping some stuff here, but I feel like this is the next major plot point. Yeah, um, please skip some stuff. <laughs> um, and Chet, like, so Jesse's like on edge. And Chet's like, don't worry, man. 
your boy Dillard's got our back. And Dillard's like in his cop car right there watching the drug exchange. Cause like yeah. I said, he's, he's like as crooked as they come. So they give Jesse the drugs, but as they give Jesse the drugs, the bell snickles show up, right? To get the sack. Well, they start murdering all the guys that Jesse's with, right? Don't they, don't they like they like surprise them and like one of the guys just looks down and he has a fucking spear sticking out of his chest yeah 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 they do kill a guy yeah because later on the general is like nobody kills a bogs and gets away with it or some shit like that <clears throat> and so yeah that's right because chet chet goes running towards dillard's car and he's like it's a setup it's a setup because yeah. they think it's like the meth heads from some other county like moving in on their turf and they think jesse had like set them all up to get yeah. fucked by these guys. Yeah. So Chet jumps in the car with Dillard, I believe. Maybe not. Oh, Dill- <laughs> All I know is Dillard ends up hit. Jesse jumps in his car. The Bellsnickles jump in Jesse's truck with him. Mm-hmm. And they're like, drive, you know, go. And this is what I was talking about. They see Santa Claus. He shows up. With his wolves, and, right? <laughs> uh, No, he doesn't have the wolves at this point. He did. I'm glad you brought that up. He did summon the ravens when he was in the the woods he blew his horn and he gets the um he gets the uh oh no you're right you're right you are correct he he blows his horn in the woods when he kills the reindeer summons the ravens and the wolves because uh they get seen by the ravens that's what ends up actually kind of tipping Jesse off that something's wrong right yeah he sees the birds before yes. the drug drop off yeah so then the Bellsnickles show up, tell Jesse to drive. He starts driving away. The wolves chase him. Dillard hits Santa Claus with his fucking cop car. Oh, yeah, dude. I forgot about that shit. He yeah. comes running out with his fucking sword. Yeah, he cuts Jesse's F-150, his old F-150. Like, he cuts the drive. I imagine him just one of those freaking where it digs into the side of the truck and yeah. it cuts a bunch through it. And then... Jesse obviously drives past him, and Dillard fucking hits Santa with his cop car. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the wolves chase them, and they end up wounding one of the wolves. I feel like, and the, but then they get away. One from... of the wolves, like Frecky and Gary. <laughs> yeah, Gary. Yeah, Gary and Frecky. Those are very <laughs> like fucking called Gary. Every time they said that, it made me laugh. I think it's spelled though like G E H R E. I feel like he says like he, he says at, at the beginning he he he's very good about like like saying it very weird, but towards the end he's just calling him Gary. Yeah, yeah. It's supposed to be like Gary and yeah, Frankie like, exactly like like Gary. with a rolled yeah. yeah with rolled R's and yeah then I he agree. He just ends up saying Gary. Yeah, he's like this is Gary and Frecky. Yeah, it's like really. Yeah, you're the not wolf. The badass wolf's name is Gary. Yeah. <laughs> and I believe Gary is the female, too. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that makes it even better. Um, oh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So sorry about that. It's all good. So they get away and they tell him to drive and he goes to where Krampus is, right? Yes, I believe. Okay. So they take the sack to Krampus in the mountain. Uh, Krampus uses the sack to get the key to his shackles, right? To free mm-hmm. himself. Okay. They leave the mountain. And is this when Jesse shoots the ravens for him? 
Yes. Let's say yes. Okay. At some point, Jesse basically agrees to help Krampus if Krampus will help him get rid of Dillard and the Boggses. Mm-hmm. Um, they strike up some deal for some reason. I guess well, because I, Jesse I've... brought the shit to him. And he needs Jesse's help because he's not strong enough to use the sack on his own yet. Right. Yeah, and he's surprised because Jesse is able to use the sack at all. He's like, oh, you must have some of Loki's bloodline in you or something like that. Mm -hmm. Which I just can't. I don't know why. (laughs) So not right. But I just have such a hard time drawing any parallel between Loki, this Norse nordic god and some fucking dude from backwoods west virginia <laughs> like yeah. i don't know <laughs> it would take me a lot of like pins and ball and yarn to get to that point <laughs> <laughs> and from here over here to a long ship <laughs> yeah. anyways um there's also I, I probably won't bring it up again so i'll just mention it now there's sort of like a weird love interest between Jesse and Elizabeth, the Belsnickel. Yeah, so, which is really weird. Yeah, just keep it in the back of your mind. It's not really important. It's just there. So, um, they, I don't know if this is the part where Jesse shoots the Ravens. I feel like it might be. I think it is. So Jesse shoots both of the Ravens because the Belsnickels and Krampus are old. So they don't really know anything about like modern weapons. So Jesse has this rifle, so he shoots the ravens out of the sky, because obviously the ravens track them to the mountain where Krampus was. So he shoots the ravens and kills them both, and then Krampus proceeds to devour them both. Which, apparently because they are creatures of Loki, it strengthens him like immediately to eat them. I believe... I think they're Odin's ravens, though. Or yeah, you're probably correct. They're Odin's ravens. Yeah, that makes I, way more sense. But they strengthen him because they are like the old magic, right? That's that's how I interpreted that. Yes. Yeah, because they are part of the old world, right? Yeah. I don't know if that's correct, but that's no, that how sounds I correct. It. So now Krampus is a little bit stronger. So basically, we get some of this like lore dump, right? That that Krampus wants to go and. Sp- read the word of Yule again, because Krampus is the Yule Lord, right? Yeah. So he wants to go around and start reminding people because they've forgotten the ways, the old ways of Yule and these things. So that's kind of his ultimate goal. We'll just keep that in mind as we go forward. And Do they talk about the how to kill Santa Claus yet? <sighs> I don't remember if that comes up yet. Or, no, I honestly don't think it comes up until after Jesse's, like, on his deathbed. Does okay. that sound right? Like, I don't, I don't remember. Because I feel like he tells honest, him the whole story. I feel like he tells him the whole story while Jesse's passed out, pretty much. Okay. Um, and I don't, I'm trying to remember how we even get to that point because Jesse ends up back. Okay. So, they they all right. They need weapons and money to do what they need to do, right? And Krampus, he can use the sack more than like Jesse could. Jesse can only reach through the sack if a doorway is open, but Krampus mm-hmm. can open new doorways to different places. And Krampus also immediately took the sack and put his own blood on it 
which turned the sack black, we should mention, yeah. instead of like a red velvet. Um, because it's Loki's sack. So Krampus can basically open doorways to anywhere and reach through it and grab what's on the other side and bring it to where he's at. That's the whole point of it. And that's how Santa Claus uses it, is he opens a doorway to where his elves make the toys, and he just reaches through and pulls the toys out as he needs them. Mm -hmm. So they need money and they need uh, weapons. So Jesse's like, I know a place to get those things. And he thinks of the safe in the general's automotive shop, whatever the fuck it is. So Krampus opens the doorway. Jesse reaches through, pulls all these weapons out. The auto, like machine pistols, sawed off shotgun. I don't even remember what all of it is. Uh, and 40 grand worth of cash. Um, and then he puts a dead cow's head back. That's right. Dillard hit the cow, right? Or somebody hit the cow as they were chasing him. Blew it yeah, but the, the Bellsnickles were eating it. Yeah, the Bellsnickles are eating it, but I think that it was hit by one of the other vehicles. I th I'm sure. I think so. Any anyways, it's not that important. All he, all I know is he puts the cow head back in the safe. Like oh, yeah, joke. I do remember that part. Yeah. Um how how do we get back to Jesse being in front of the general? I know I'm skipping a lot here. You you are, but I'm a, a lot of it is very meandering, I feel like. A lot of this weird love triangle shit. Um don't they get they they circle back for the wolves, right? Because Krampus can hear them like howling. They circle back to the wolves and they like heal them both, right? And then they be they they follow Krampus now. Krampus offers one of them like meat, and they immediately well, so because Santa Claus abandoned the wolves after one was wounded. Yeah, because he says that one won't leave the other one. And since one is wounded and can't move, they won't leave that spot. So Santa Claus abandons them. So when Krampus shows up and offers them food, basically tells them he will heal them, they come with him. They come with Krampus. I can't remember how he gets back in front of the general and all the fucking Boggs boys. Yeah, I don't how does remember. he? Oh, it's going to bug me. I don't... <sighs> Do they, like, catch them when they're at a gas station and kidnap Jesse and that other Bellsnickel? I don't feel like they kidnap a Bellsnickel. I feel like Jesse's always by himself. Yeah, you're right. Jesse does go to a gas station with Elizabeth. I know, but do they do they nab him? I feel like they somebody calls him and it might be the general because we get some we get a couple shots of like Dillard talking with the general and well, the he's general because somebody broke into his safe and he didn't he has it on camera so it was like impossible. Right. And he's pretty sure it was Jesse somehow. Um, and he wants Jesse dead, basically. <clears throat> and yeah, I cannot remember how they get a hold of Jesse again, though. Um, either I mean, way, I, do, I remember the scene of them like having him and him like getting to reach into the sack in front of them. Yeah, so Jesse ends up getting kicked. This is also like pretty brutal because he puts they put Jesse in a chair and like tie him up. And the general takes out a freaking uh, nail gun. And the very... I, I don't know how they don't hang on this a little bit longer. He tells Jesse, he's like, all right, my money is missing. My weapons are missing. Something, something. Like, you're going to tell me what I want to hear or I'm going to start shooting nails into you until you tell me what I want to hear. 
And Jesse's immediately like, it's the Santa Claus sack. I pulled money out of the Santa Claus. Like, he tells mm-hmm. him the truth. And the very first nail this dude shoots into him is right in his fucking dick. Yeah. Like, right into his groin. And they don't even hold on it. He immediately takes it and he shoots it up his stomach multiple times. And then he shoots it all the way down his leg multiple times. So, yeah, Jesse's in, like, excruciating pain. And then... Through all of his pain, Jesse's like, no, seriously, bring me the sack. I'll show you. I'll prove it to you. Mm-hmm. So they get the sack out, and they see that, like, they think Jesse's pulling a fast one on him. But they realize quickly, like, they fold it all up, smash it all flat. And they're like, he can't be hiding anything in there. And because, okay, I remember now. Jesse, okay. ab- Jesse abandoned krampus and the bell snickles as they were getting the wolves oh that's right he pushes that one guy down the fucking hill right yeah he pushes vernon down the hill and he gets in his truck and he runs because krampus agrees to help him but not yet and jesse thinks it's taking too long so that's when he runs and he leaves because he thinks that uh general is going to kidnap uh his daughter and his wife that's how he ends up in this situation. I don't remember okay. exactly like how they get in there, but I I feel like they bushwhack him and they fucking just take him hostage or some shit. Yeah, it's got to be something like that. Um. Okay, so he gets the nail shot into him. He gets the Santa sack and he reaches through it and he starts pulling the money out because the sack is still open back to their where whatever wherever they had all that stuff in the mountain or something like that. I don't even remember if that's where they're at or the church. I don't even church. remember. Yeah, I feel like it was a church too. Um. So he starts pulling the money out, giving it back to these guys, and these guys just like thinking it's funny. Ha ha! He's got the money. That's crazy. You know he's doing this, and then he tries to pull a gun out and kill them all, and he snags the gun on the sack, and he ends up shooting it into the sack. Yeah. And Chet Chet stabs him in the back. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's brutal. Um. And then they leave Jesse there. He's like strapped to this chair he falls forward onto his face can't move with a knife in his back and the general decides he's gonna reach in and get the rest of the money so he reaches in and he like feels around and he pulls out this wad of money he's like whoa well don't dad just beat all and then he reaches back in and something grabs his hand and as he pulls his hand back he pulls the devil out with him and it's Mm -hmm. Krampus (laughs) And Krampus comes out and proceeds to slaughter all of these guys. Except for Just, Chet, right? Uh, he doesn't kill Chet. He doesn't kill the general. Because the general's hiding under a dead body. Yeah, he's like a pussy. Yeah. He slaughters them all, though. Just like claws flying, whatever. He just kills them all. Because uh, I don't think we've mentioned that Krampus is like a, a goddamn goat demon looking thing mm-hmm. right like like a fawn is what i picture but with sharp teeth i don't know um, yeah, that's what i kind of picture too and a tail like a long tail like like a rat's tail yeah, um, like a demon whip tail yeah so he kills all these guys and this is when he sits down with jesse as jesse's like dying and tells him the story of who santa claus is and why okay. he wants to get him so bad so Krampus explains that Santa Claus is a fraud, basically. Because he's not Saint Nicholas, 
He's actually Balder, who is one of Thor's children. Is that yeah. right? Thor or Odin? I can't remember if it's Thor or Odin. I feel like it's Thor for some reason. I you, could be completely you could wrong. Totally be right. I I don't know Norse mythology very well, so that it's that... it's one of those though. And Balder <clears throat> from the old days is <sighs> basically he was one of these gods' children, and they made him. No, he's immortal. the son of Odin. Oh, okay. So he's the son of Odin. I thought Thor isn't Thor the son of Odin too? Yeah, Thor's his brother. Oh, okay. So he he is made invincible, right? By yeah, Odin. his his mother Freya or Frigga. I can't remember how to pronounce it. She makes him immune to all things except for mistletoe. Right, because the the spell was created using mistletoe as the base, therefore mistletoe is the only thing he is not immune to, right? Mm-hmm. Something like that. Um, now I don't, I don't one hundred percent understand all of this. So he tells the story though of how Balder was initially killed, because Balder because he was invincible, was always just like showing off in Asgard and was like, oh, look at me, I'm Balder, you can't kill me, huh? And he would have the kids... Yeah, he'd stand there naked and he would have like the kids like shoot arrows at him blindfolded and just so he could show that it wouldn't do anything to him. Like he's like standing there like flexing, just like hitting him and bouncing off. Um, So Loki is like, well, I'm going to reveal what's going on here. And he makes an arrow with mistletoe inlay and he gives it to Baldur's blind brother, who is like, I can't play this game because I'm blind. And what would I do? And mm-hmm. Loki's like, nah, dude, it's cool. Here, I'll give you a bow and an arrow, and you go ahead and shoot it. And he shoots this arrow, and he kills Baldur, like, on mm-hmm. the spot. And this is where I don't really understand. Like, Baldur goes to hell, which hell is actually Krampus's mom. Yeah. As far as, like, it's just like H-E-L. But she's the ruler of like the underworld for uh, Norse mythology. So Balder, they act like Balder like went to jail because he did something wrong. But what did he? What did he do wrong? I don't I, understand. He was, he was supposed to like admit his hubris, I believe, and he like refused. Oh no! Like I don't <laughs> exactly. I don't. I I can't remember either. He didn't. I, 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 maybe it was just like he was so prideful, something like that. It's got to be something like that because Krampus keeps talking about his betrayal, but I feel like that's the part where he becomes Santa Claus and shuns like all of the old Norse beliefs mm-hmm. in exchange for these new like Christian beliefs. Um, because we find out so Balder decides to stay in instead of atoning for what he did wrong he decides that he will live in hell for so long and then he will be reincarnated instead on the material plane which is earth essentially yeah instead of in asgard and which is what krampus did also but krampus is seen as a demon as a lowly demon we find out later um so that's how that is how Balder ended up on Earth 
and Krampus, being the Yule Lord who was spreading the word of Yule and things in the old days, finds Balder right in the woods after he's resurrected on Earth, and decides that Balder can, since now he's just on Earth, he should help Krampus spread the word of Yule. And they do this for a little while, but he realizes that Balder is getting information on St. Nicholas, which was a... Yes. He, like, a, read a pamphlet or some shit? Yeah, or, like, a book. Yeah, he has a book about, like, St. Nicholas. And he thinks that they should move forward with this new belief system instead of with Yule, because the world is very obviously shifting away from the Norse beliefs and more into these Christian beliefs. And uh, Krampus is pissed at that. He's like, no, that's ridiculous. And he grabs a fire poker and tries to beat the shit out of him. And and Balder, who was acting like he was weak and frail, is like, just kidding. I'm just fine. And he goes back yeah. into his, like, he takes his pants off and he goes back into his, like, flexing pose and lets Krampus just hit him. And he just bends the... He can't hurt him, basically. He's invincible still. Uh, so then he whips Krampus's ass parades Krampus around like a joke to basically say that the time of Yule is over and now we're moving into the time of Christmas. This is the new mm -hmm. belief system that everybody should believe. And he locks Krampus up in the mountain and that's where Krampus was like to this day. Right? For a long ass time. Yeah, for like 500 years or more, something like that. So that's why Krampus wants to get revenge on santa claus or balder because he's basically a lie that now the whole world believes in and they don't believe in yule anymore yes okay so that's where we're at <laughs> and he explains all this to jesse while jesse is like dying and i just like how because jesse has like all these nails in him he's like dying and <laughs> Jesse's like all slumped over and when Krampus thinks he's not listening, he reaches down and he like wiggles the nail in his leg to yeah. get him to wake back Ugh. up. <laughs> Krampus ends up having to bite Jesse and turn him into a bellsnickel to save his life because otherwise yeah. Jesse will die. Obviously, pretty hard to live when somebody shoots a bunch of nails into your guts. And stabs you. And stabs you in the back, yeah. And one of your pee-pee. So... Yeah, don't forget about the pee-pee shot. <laughs> Yeah, the very broad oh, dude. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so he bites him, turns him into a bell snickle. And once Jesse wakes up, they're like in the truck, and he realizes Chet and the general are there also turned into bell snickles. Mm -hmm. Because Krampus says he's going to need all the bell snickles that he can control in order to defeat Santa Claus. So. This whole time, too, Krampus has been trying to find this arrow, this uh, this uh, mistletoe arrow, right? That is the only possible way to defeat Balder. But he can't find it. Can't figure it out. But I feel like at this part is when he does figure it out. Yeah, somewhere around here. Because it's not an arrow, it's a spear. It's actually a spear. And he he like opens the portal to the ship that um, they uh, after Balder was killed they put him on the like funeral ship where they send it out yeah. set it on fire yeah it's actually on the ship with him and it was, so it was at the bottom of the ocean so Krampus gets that he's like ha ha now I can defeat Balder so now 
their plan is to go and find Balder and defeat him, right? Mm -hmm. So they open a portal using the sack and they go to Spain because we find out that Santa doesn't live in the North Pole. He lives in Spain. Well, yeah, because he's actually doesn't like the cold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they go to his castle in Spain and Santa and Krampus proceed to fight each other. And I was very disappointed with this fight, to be honest. It's super lame. I, <laughs> Krampus <I'm>, kills him. <laughs> yeah, Krampus kills Santa Claus like pretty easily. Which is, it's just disappointing because I feel like after everything we were just told, Santa Claus should have put up more of a fight than that. But it's like, played off as him being surprised at pain after so long. Mm-hmm. That but is he's, true. He's shocked that he's hurt. Right. Yeah, because like the very first pass, like as Santa swings his broadsword at Krampus, Krampus dodges, but he also like cuts santa's like bicep wide open and yeah when he realizes that he's actually been cut and he's bleeding it shocks him so bad that that's why he can't like fight back yeah krampus ends up killing him. off his head yeah yeah he cuts his head off puts it on the spear and he's like ha see i told you guys i'd win uh and, and then the circles are like oh shit you did win fuck <laughs> yeah uh the the general dies like immediately um, because Chet and the general were left at the door and they were supposed to stop Santa if he showed up and they tried to shoot him and he cut the general's head off and he like throws it in the door before he even walks in. Mm -hmm. So anyways, the general's dead, so you don't have to worry about him anymore, but Chet's still alive and we still get to have some fun Chet yeah, and Chet's Jesse banter. So, it's so fun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So then we proceed for like another... This How many hours? So fucking long. Yeah, it's um, it's it's probably like five. <laughs> it's a long time of basically Krampus going around and trying to reestablish Yule as a belief, right? Which one house would have been good enough for me? But they keep going to these houses. They essentially like knock on the door and they use some some of Santa's pocket sand to make the the parents go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then they, they, they convince they the like kids. corral the kids and like give them gold coins. And then they're like, I'm going to come back next year. And if you don't put your shoes on the porch with some treats in them, I'm going to put you in my sack and beat the shit out of you. <laughs> yeah. That's basically if you're what he says, right? If you're, yeah. If you're naughty, he will beat the shit out of you with his, uh, with his, with his uh, switches, birch switches. Yeah. Um, and they do this through like five, six houses. And this whole time while that's happening, you're getting like Dillard getting police calls about people getting their fucking houses broken into and shit. Yeah. And Jesse and is constantly too long. Yeah. And Jesse's constantly asking Krampus when we're going to go take care of Dillard. And Krampus is like, don't worry, we will after we make Yule a thing again. Uh, Makwa gets killed by a crackhead lady. Oh yeah. Fuck. Because they go to like this house where the like the meth heads or the heroin or whatever they're doing is, the one dude is like dead, like he's been dead for like four days on his bed. Yeah, it's fucked up. It's fucked up, and the sad part is it's probably pretty accurate to real life. Uh, yeah, the lady ends up killing Makwa, and then Krampus kills her like right in front of their daughter too. So the whole thing is jacked. 
Um, they end up going to a bar and <coughs> they pay like for drinks for everyone and everyone like sings and dances and Jesse has to like get up there and play his guitar because he oh by the way like Jesse he drinks what is it Odin's mead oh yeah I forgot about the mead yeah which like heals his hands because I forgot to like uh Dillard Dillard broke all his fingers too, right? At some point. I think so. I, I don't even remember when that happened. It happened at some point. Anyways, he he's fully healed because he drinks this mead of Odin's and it like has healing properties. Um before Krampus turns him into a Bellsnickel. And then once he's a Bellsnickel too, they have like heightened senses and abilities. So Yeah, they go to this bar and it's like all Krampus thinks like everybody's starting to believe in Yule again and he feels great. Um then we get the scene these angels find Santa Claus's head because they left Santa's head behind instead of bringing it with them. Well, they did that right so he couldn't get resurrected or something. Well, they said as long as he has the head, Santa can't come back. But it's a very short-lived because the angels immediately find Santa's head and resurrect him. Honestly, that was so fucking lame. It's just like, and Santa's back. Yeah. He wasn't even dead like a full day. Yeah, it's super lame. And then Santa immediately finds them with the angels. He has two angels with him because apparently... Who have have shard blades? I'll have you know. oh, Oh, yeah, that's exactly what it sounds like. Yeah, or lightsabers or something like that. Like, Something no, that's insane. For sure. Like I think Angel Swords is where he got the idea for Shardblades for. Really interesting. Yeah, because I've looked into it after reading into this, and that that's like what they're they they kill the limb, but they don't cut. That that's oh. how Angel Swords are. Oh, okay, yeah. Sorry, that was just like a brain blast I had while listening to this. Well, no, it's it's important because now uh, the angels proceed to. Cramp, uh, Santa Claus doesn't even have to fight this time because the angels do it for him. And they proceed to kill Krampus, basically, like right in front of everyone. Yeah. Um, he goes out like a bitch. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. Both fights are so one-sided. Like, when Krampus fights Santa Claus and then when the angels fight Krampus, it's so disappointing because they're so one-sided. Um, But, like, Jesse's not there, right? Because... Krampus like let Jesse go before Krampus. This, right? Yeah, he let Jesse go he, and he let him he, also he become him, human again. Yes, that okay. He took his blood out of him, so he's yeah. no longer a bell cycle. And then Jesse goes and confronts Dillard, right? Yeah, and like the whole because the, we skipped over a little bit of Dillard was gonna kill Jesse's wife mm. and his daughter mm-hmm. in like a really psychopath way, to where he, he could like, blame it naked, on yeah yeah he could blame it on Jesse. That's right. Because, yeah, we find out Dill- Dillard is like a legit psychopath. Like, he killed yeah, his he ex-wife. Kill his wife, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't work out. And then Jesse shows up. And instead of killing Dillard, he, like, whips his ass. And then he puts him in the Santa sack, which takes him to hell. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, which I guess is, like, one of the worst punishments. Because he's just there with, like, the dead until he starves to death and actually dies mm-hmm. himself. So, yeah, and then 
what happens. Like Jesse gets like he sends off his mixtape to the DJ. Yeah, dude, he starts a SoundCloud. <laughs> yeah. And the DJ like picks up his mixtape and it's fire. And it's then we cut to lit. a a year later, right? And like the Krampus myth is still like being carried on. Yeah, and then we get like this sort of teaser that Krampus comes back to life because the belief in him is so strong. Yeah. I guess, right? Yeah, I didn't think the ending was very strong. No. And I feel like that's the end. And then there's also like a kind of author's note in there for like 15 or 20 minutes on oh, where Oh, I didn't he... listen to that part at all. Oh, I did. It's just like where he got kind of the mythology and stuff behind the story. Because I always thought that Krampus was a Germanic story. But and... It's a Norse thing? I didn't listen further than that. I was so ready to be done with this shit. Well, it's kind of both like it kind of evolved from a nordic thing into a germanic thing kind of i'm i'm probably butchering that but that's kind of why he decided to merge the two stories basically so that makes sense to me but yeah that's pretty much it it's pretty much krampus the yule lord huh yeah yeah i mean you got anything else to say on that one no I feel like I'm done. <laughs> no more uh, Jesse, please. Yeah. Again, I, the stuff the stuff that I came to this book for, I just felt like was too overshadowed by stuff that I had no intention of listening to. Like I, I, with, I agree. Yeah, like with the whole Jesse story and yeah, just like freaking backwoods West Virginia stuff. Like I, I don't know. That stuff was not what I was here for. <laughs> yeah, Honestly, I, if you I, I agree. If you had just given me a lore dump story of Santa Claus or Balder versus Krampus, I'm there all day. Yeah. Trust me, I'm there all day on that one. I just don't really un like I guess he was using kind of Jesse as the catalyst to move some of that stuff forward, but I just didn't really feel like it needed it. Yeah, I, I agree. So, yeah. I guess that's it. We'll Yeah, we'll quit with this poor Yule goat. We'll quit beating it to death. <laughs> Santa Claus beats one of them to death, and then he grinds it up and gives it to his reindeer. That's why they can fly. Is that and, is that real? I don't remember that part. Yeah, Fuck. that's in the story. Yeah, when they get to Santa Claus's castle, there's a Yule goat all ground up in a meat grinder, and he's pretty sure... Krampus is pretty sure that's why his reindeer can fly. Because the Yule goats can fly on their own. So. Damn, that's dark. Yeah, and that was another thing I didn't like the tonally. I didn't know if this story was trying to be like funny or very dark and serious. Uh um, yeah. Yeah, it was it was a weird mix. Right. So that was a little I don't know, that was kind of a bummer too. But yeah, again, there's just there's some good stuff in here, but it's just there's too much not great stuff in here also. And then for the end, like when Jesse like, oh man, I made it, I'm a country rock star now. It was like okay. Yeah. Like, all right. <laughs> all right, dude. Yeah. I don't know. That part was kind of a bummer too, so 
But yeah, you got anything else to say on this one? Uh, Merry Christmas. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Merry Christmas. Uh, Merry Yuletide. So uh, make sure you put your shoes out on the porch and put some candy in them for Krampus when he shows up. Or he'll yeah. take your kids and he'll beat them silly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and if they're bad, tell your kids if they're bad enough, Krampus will take them away in his sack and he will devour them later. Yeah, he'll eat them when he gets around to it. Yeah, when he gets around to it. He'll put them in his sack with all the other naughty kids. So instead of just not getting presents, you actually legitimately get punished for being naughty. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, you don't get rewarded; you just get punished. Yeah, you just get punished. So, because I mean, I feel like even if Santa Claus gave you a lump of coal, at least you could burn a lump of coal and stay warm. That's but true. Kramp- Krampus will just take you and beat the shit out of you. So yeah, <laughs> have fun with that. Yeah, you've been warned. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, if you have anything to say about this or anything else in general, please feel free to email us kotpl.pod at gmail.com and we thank everybody for listening if you, especially if you've listened this long it's probably a pretty long episode i i feel like it is this book <laughs> was fucking long as shit the book was very long so but yeah we uh we appreciate each and every one of you who listens to the podcast we really do and we thank you guys for your continued support and the only thing we would ask you do for us is you know like and share or whatever you know, just helps us out yeah. a lot. So yeah, yeah. Tell your friends. For sure. And we really appreciate it. And with that, we will catch you guys in the next one.